Welcome back, and thanks so much for tuning in to Real Presence Live today. Father James Gross joining you from Grand Forks, and I'm aware of the fact that our uh, kiddos in North Dakota and Minnesota are out of school, at least for today and tomorrow, with the respective education conferences going on in each state. Uh, My apologies, I don't know if that also applies to Wisconsin and South Dakota or Montana and Wyoming, but in case we have uh, some of our young people who are listening in who aren't able to do that regularly uh, to the live program. Welcome aboard and it's great to have you tuning in as you're going about your business today or maybe just waking up after having been able to sleep in uh, late this morning. And uh, we have one more segment today and we're going to be visiting with a gentleman that I came to know some years ago when I was serving at St. Anthony of Padua Parish downtown in Fargo. Greg Jeffrey is with us in the Fargo studio. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Thank you for having me, Father. Well, first of all, we'd like for you to tell us just a, a little bit about yourself and uh, your background and the ways in which you have been assisting churches and their uh, growth and their stewardship. Right. Well, I'm a native of uh, Grand Forks, East Grand Forks, graduate 1978 from uh, Sacred Heart in East Grand Forks. Go and Eagles? They go Eagles, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when I finished college, I went back to work for Sacred Heart back in 1986. Ah. And they started this thing called development. We weren't quite sure what it was, but I've been in development ever since. And I started off, you know, working with a variety of different consulting firms, primarily with Catholic schools, pr- primarily with Catholic secondary schools back in the late 80s, early 90s. And then a number of years ago, I formed my own consulting firm called Catholic Development Group. And so I'm currently working with Catholic schools and churches, um, really from California to Florida. Right. And large campaigns like those which are necessary for schools or other parts of uh, Catholic parishes and institutions are uh, never easy sorts of things, but they are necessary to do. And rather than to continue to put them off, it's good to enlist the help of people who have the resources to uh, help make them successful. So now one of the topics that we want to get into with your time today is something we might not think a lot of, Sunday stewardship. What uh, are you driving at? by that phrase? Well, Sunday stewardship is taken from the, uh, um, the, the Gospels where Jesus talks about the master who um, ha- had lots and lots of property, and then he doled it out to various servants um, to take care of on his behalf, you know, to, to invest wisely, right? And they were supposed to be good stewards of the gifts that he gave them. And, and that, that whole concept, you know, applies to us as well. The stewardship is really the idea that everything we have, you know, comes from God, and we take care of it for as long as we have breath. Um, but if you think about it, you know, we all come into this world you know, naked and penniless, and at the moment of death, we are again penniless, you know? I mean, everything we have literally comes Mm -hmm. from the grace of God and and goes back to somebody else to do something good with it. So that's the idea behind stewardship. I think, though, that um, what we may have lost in our Catholic theology is a very important word, and that is almsgiving. And I think if we were to reintroduce that concept of almsgiving, um, I think it would cause us um, to more accurately um, wed the idea of our financial lives with our spiritual lives. 
Yeah, what I think of in particular with that is the uh, popular gospel reading used on Ash Wednesday from Matthew chapter 6 that Jesus says, when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And that word when, it's not if in terms of, oh, I happen to have something left over at the end of the month. I didn't have to, you know, raid that account for for this or that. But uh, the, the when is that disposition of giving our first fruits and giving the best of what we've been given and what we have. Um, so what uh, trends are you seeing, I guess, in terms of recent years with regard to parishes maybe thinking more about and uh, being more intentional in Sunday stewardship? And that's why I wanted to chat with you this morning, fathers, because I'm seeing a very troubling trend on the horizon and on the very near horizon. Mm. And the trend is that in, in the last few parishes that I've worked with over the last three, four years, The trend I'm seeing is the vast majority of the Sunday offertory is coming from people who are of retirement age or better. And I know statistics are kind of difficult to give over the air, but let me just boil it down to some really shocking statistics. Sure, go right ahead. These are now just two of the last parishes that I've worked with. One right here in Fargo, another one out of state, okay? Okay. So so think of this, a really healthy-looking parish with a thousand families and 60% participation in the Sunday offertory, which is actually pretty good. Most parishes are like 45 or 50%. Mm-hmm. So from the outside, from the first blush, it looks like a financially a very healthy parish. A thousand families, 63%, two out of three, um, have some traceable gift to the Sunday offertory. But here's what troubles me. 71% of the total income is coming from households aged 60 or better. Now think about that. Yeah. And, and an- another way to look at it, nearly a quarter of the revenue, well over $200,000, is coming from households who have exceeded their life expectancy. Let me repeat that. A oh thousand, my. <laughs> yeah, a thousand families. And a quarter of the revenue, $215,000, is coming from families who have exceeded their life expectancy. Mm-hmm. So what does that say? Just within two, three, four, five years, perhaps, what do you do as a pastor when you lose $215,000 in Sunday offertory because those people have gone home to the Father? Exactly. Some sort of, let's say, a widow or a widow or widower with a catastrophic uh, health event in their lives or things like that. Uh, you know, those who maybe are just primarily depending on, you know, a, a, a fixed income of, of benefits and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it's that's really an eye-opener there. Exactly. In another parish I, I just recently worked with just a couple of years ago, um, similar statistics, but $126,000 was coming from families who were 80 years old or better. So the point is, I would urge every pastor out there to do a demographic study of their giving. Where's the money coming from? What is the age of the households that are giving? And if you have statistics that are similar to these, what do you plan to do about it? You know, And I'll, I'll, make an even, uh, I'll go a step farther. I'll make an offer to anybody that wants to go to catholicdevelopment.com and contact me, catholicdevelopment.com, contact me. I'll actually do that demographic study for you at, at no charge because it's such an important, critical 
issue, I think. And I want to know, how deep is the problem? I mean, I've got statistics from three, four, five of the most recent parishes I've worked with, but I want to know, how big is this problem? How deep does it go? And so that's why I want to, you know, partner with other parishes out there, because I'd like to know just how big of a, of a problem the you know, Holy Mother Church is facing uh, in this country. Certainly. So let's uh, put the let let's uh, hit have the rubber hit the road, so to speak, as we talk about those in our generation in their forties and fifties who are in their kind of prime wage earning times. What encouragement would you offer for those who are listening, especially now that we've heard some of these statistics about what our older generations are continuing to do and and uh, the, the need for us to kind of step up to the plate. It's it's a big problem that demands a big solution. So I don't think that, you know, the typical stewardship, Sunday stewardship, offertory drive where we send out three letters and ask people to increase by, you know, five or ten percent is, is gonna do the trick. Mm-hmm. I think our financial problems are a reflection of an underlying spiritual problem. But I mean, when you have in this in this first parish I mentioned, I gave you the how much was coming from the older generation. Right. But if you take a look at those households that are 50 or under, they're responsible for less than 10% of the budget. Now think about that. Less than 10% of the budget wow. comes from people 50 and under. Mm-hmm. So what is going on in that age demographic spiritually where yeah. they're not connected enough with their church spiritually? If we don't fix the spiritual issue, the, the money will never come. I mean, the money is a reflection of a deeper spiritual issue. And unfortunately, that's probably conversation for another day. <laughs> I mean, that's a, right. that's a half-hour conversation right there. How yeah, do we fix that yeah. spiritual issue mm-hmm. that causes people to register at a church but be kind of a marginal member of the church, for lack yeah. of a better word. You know, we've been visiting here with Greg Jeffrey and this uh, issue of Sunday stewardship and increased uh, increased uh, participation in the life of the parish community. So let's just touch on that in a couple of minutes that we have left with regard to that spiritual stewardship. Um, There is that phrase from, uh, it's sort of pithy from uh, one of St. Paul's letters, God loves a a cheerful giver. Um, So what uh, kind of disposition uh, do people need to kind of look toward and to pray for in order to turn these habits around? Well, I think you nailed it, Father. I mean, I, th- I think what's happened in the Catholic Church is um, there's not, to the degree that there needs to be, um, for a lot of Catholics, a real, a mo- many, many Catholics have never had, I think, a deeply moving spiritual experience that, that can only come, I think, sometimes with, with um like a deep retreat experience, things like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Somehow we have to find a way to bring people into a deeper relationship with Christ. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm struggling for words here because we only have a minute left. But but, um, I think that's the key. That's the key to... to turning our parishes around. Yes, that uh, spiritual renewal in whatever setting one may be in is is important regardless of how specifically those numbers shake out. Now, uh, can you give us that website one more time in terms of uh, the demographic studies that you were mentioning earlier? Sure. Uh, Catholic Development, I believe it was? Correct. CatholicDevelopment.com. Okay. And you can find all my contact information there. 
Fantastic. Greg Jeffrey, thank you so much for taking the time to alert us to some of these uh, statistics and trends and really a, a call to action for us in our respective parishes and communities. Blessings to you and your continued work with uh, the people of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for joining us today. Boy, two hours goes quickly when you have these wonderful conversations with people throughout our listening area. And I just wanted to alert us to something as you look at the calendar. Tomorrow is an important day in the church. The 18th of October is the Feast of St. Luke the Evangelist. We've had a treat of hearing from the Gospel of Luke during this year and Sunday homilies and what they call Year C. And I just wanted to point out one additional thing that really is a great contribution to the church and a treasure in the Gospel of Luke. If you were to sit down, with, and I guess this is a challenge I'd offer to all of you, to sit down with the first two chapters of the Gospel of Luke. We receive a lot of information about what we call the infancy narrative of Jesus, uh, most of which does not occur anywhere else in sacred scripture. We have the exchange with the angel Gabriel, the archangel Gabriel, and Zechariah, who is uh, the wife of Elizabeth, in which he initially fails to believe the promise being made to him, but then eventually consents. And we have Mary's, the Annunciation of Gabriel to Mary, that she is to become the mother of God. Her visitation of her kinswoman Elizabeth, a long and arduous journey into the hill country from Galilee to Judea. We have uh, the um, Benedictus, uh, which is uh, the um, antiphon, or I'm sorry, the canticle is what I mean to say, of uh, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, when John is born. We also have uh, the canticle of Mary, where she proclaims the greatness of God. And we have the story of the birth of Christ. So check that out, chapters 1 and 2 of the Gospel of Luke. We ask for his intercession, and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Blessings. Until next time, take care. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.